Hello and welcome to episode four of Linux After Dark. I'm Joe. I'm Chris. I'm Gary. And I'm Dalton. Let's start with a bit of feedback then. Fastrock said they're one of the people who uses ARM Linux devices most of the time on the Pi 400 and the Pinebook Pro. They said, Manjaro ARM with Plasma is very usable for most things except Zoom. My only real problems with running Plasma on the Pinebook Pro are that the battery percentage widget randomly stops working and the paid content services like Google Play, Netflix or Disney Plus doesn't work. And we also heard from Stephen who says, I'm a robotics developer working on outdoor technology, and I can tell you firsthand, ARM is all over the place. We use multiple boards like the Pi, Jetson, and RB5. Usually vendors do this because of the power consumption, but it could also be because in some cases they are copied or rebranded from other vendor mobile phone tech. Honestly, the larger issues we have involve trying to get a fairly complicated code base to cross-compile from our x86 laptops and work on the ARM boards. It would actually be easier for us if the whole team ran ARM workstations and laptops because we could just copy the compiled bytes directly over to debug. I've been looking for a good rugged outdoor friendly ARM based laptop with NVIDIA graphics, tons of RAM and CPU horsepower that is also Linux friendly and I haven't been able to find one. Let me know if you know of one. I don't think we do, do we? No. No, I don't think we're quite there yet. But yes, I would also be interested in such a device. There are some pretty cool things coming out soon. I think Rockchip is teasing a pretty cool processor with at least four big cores, uh, which is going to be a significant shift from what they've done before. 16 gigs of RAM, I think, was max? Maybe more? Oh, that sounds interesting then. So it looks like not yet, but soon TM. Soon TM. That's hype say. We had a bunch of other emails as well from people saying that they enjoyed coverage of ARM and mobile Linux and would welcome more of it. So thank you, everyone. I think we will continue to talk about ARM stuff. It's just inevitable, really. Also, thank you to everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. If you want to join those people, linuxafterdark.net slash support. And remember, for $5 or more per month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed. And if you want to get in contact, linuxafterdark.net slash contact. But really, email is always the best way. Show at linuxafterdark.net. So a question that you came up with, Dalton, is what even is desktop Linux? Yeah, I've got a quizzer for you all. Is Ubuntu desktop Linux? Well, Ubuntu desktop is, yeah. Yeah. Fedora's workstation? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Gentoo? Yeah, you can install a desktop on it, right? Fedora Silverblue? Yes. Based on Fedora has the immutable stuff? Chromium OS? Chromium OS. Hmm. It's a difficult one, right? Because... Chrome OS, I think you could argue, isn't because of the lack of open source elements and the Google stuff. But Chromium OS, I mean, it's a Linux kernel and it runs as a desktop and is arguably the most widely deployed Linux-like desktop in Chrome OS. So I think you could argue that it is, but it's not traditional GNU slash Linux. No, but it is a Linux desktop and Chrome OS is a Linux desktop as well. It's based on Gen 2. It's built with the GNU toolchain and everything. I mean, it's not like it's weird. It's not bionic like Android is. It's just based on Gentoo. Like, you're right. It's And you can run Linux apps on it now with Crostini, but we don't consider it a Linux desktop. I do. You do? Okay. There's this weird juncture, isn't there, where if you go too far down that dark path, <laughs> you end up being, it must be free as in freedom 
all of that discussion. And the thorn in the side of that is the fact that it's Google that's backing it. But yeah, I, I agree with what you've said. The the thing is, it is Gen 2 underneath the hood. It's a good desktop environment. Like it really is. It runs smoothly on very weak hardware. It handles things that other desktop environments haven't fixed, like rotation and touch and all of those things that they're able to bring in because they've got resources to work on it. So I'd be just about siding with Joe, but I can already feel peanuts hitting my head from the gallery <laughs> where people are saying, no, it isn't. It isn't. It's a Google thing. No, no. It's non-free, but it is a Linux desktop. How about Mobian, the mobile Debian port with Fosh? I mean, that can be a Linux desktop with convergence, right? Say, I would say, yeah, that's desktop Linux. It's Fosh. It's a Wayland-based desktop. You can run Firefox on it if you want. Like, is that it? Is it just the apps? Like, what What is it that makes something a Linux desktop? Because a lot of times, while we're talking about, you know, the things that Ubuntu Touch does, you know, ah, there it is, right? We get people saying, well, that's not real Linux. But I don't understand how that is different from Mobian or Fedora Mobile or Manjaro Arm. So I'm hoping that you can help me piece this together here. Well, it could be argued that to be a desktop, you have to have the desktop metaphor. And that's what XFCE is, right? It is a desktop on which you put a bunch of files and folders and therefore, that is a desktop. So you could argue that Stock GNOME isn't desktop Linux because it's not a desktop metaphor. They break that. I wouldn't necessarily say that was true, but I could argue that if I was in the right mood. Boy, then we really don't have a lot of desktop Linux left, do we? There's not a huge amount if you say that GNOME isn't, nay. No. I don't think you can put desktop icons on Chrome OS either. No, that's true. You can't. Well, I've got one for you. Android x86. That has a desktop mode. Is that a Linux desktop? It's a difficult one because it's stuck between two worlds. So I have been recently playing around with touch interfaces on Linux on the Chromebook, which is, uh, you know, it's possible to flash the things we've discussed before to put proper Linux on it, which is funny that I'm saying that because of what we just said about <laughs> Chrome OS. Yeah, that's it. And, and we're talking about what is it. But the problem with Android x86 is... When I booted it on that device, I wanted it to be like Android and it's not. So like rotation doesn't work properly, sound doesn't work properly because they can't target the kernel and various blobs that are baked into the kernel to make it work like that. So it's a valiant effort, but it feels like neither Android or desktop Linux, even though there's a desktop mode, it... It feels like you're not getting the best of either sides of that coin. Well, just because it's not very good doesn't make it not the thing, though. It is still Android, and it is still a desktop Linux distro. It just might not be fit for purpose. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> true. I, one of the things that came to mind as you were speaking there as well is I generally think there does tend to be a little bit of an attitude that if it's not hard, it's not desktop Linux. <laughs> is that it? Because, I mean, Android, you've got Linux on DeX, or no, you've got DeX, just Samsung DeX now, where you can plug in your Samsung phone and get a full desktop mode, and they still support that on their current devices. Is that desktop Linux? It runs only APKs, it, and 
it's no GNU anywhere, but is it? Yeah, it's a desktop and it has a Linux kernel, therefore it's desktop Linux. Oh boy. <laughs> I guess at which point do you say that something being too easy doesn't make it desktop Linux though? Like, does it having an app store make it not desktop Linux? In which case, things like Ubuntu Mate, therefore, isn't desktop Linux because it makes it easy to use and install apps. As well as elementary OS. Yeah, or elementary OS or any of the other distros that have some kind of user-friendly curated app store. I don't think any of us for a second would argue that they're not desktop Linux. So I don't know if ease of use is the answer either. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Linode. Go to linode.com slash linuxafterdark and see why Linode has been voted the top infrastructure as a service provider by both G2 and Trustradius. From their award-winning support offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user, to ease of use and setup, it's clear why developers have been using Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. Deploy your entire application stack with Linode's one-click app marketplace or build it all from scratch and manage everything yourself with supported centralized tools like Terraform. Linode offers great price-to-performance value for all compute instances, including GPUs, as well as block storage, Kubernetes, and their upcoming bare metal release. Linode makes cloud computing fast, simple, and affordable, allowing you to focus on your projects, not your infrastructure. So go to linode.com slash linuxafterdark, create a free account with your Google or GitHub account or your email address, and you'll get $100 in credit. That's linode.com slash linuxafterdark. What about this as a definition of desktop Linux? Linux kernel has a desktop, okay, but also has a usable terminal that you're probably better off using sometimes for some things, but don't necessarily have to. Well, then Ubuntu Touch still applies. Like, that, that doesn't seem like a satisfying definition either. And even Android does, because sometimes if you just want to do, like, super user or something... Uh, it's easier to do that inside of a native terminal in Android or to get Termux. Yeah, I used to use Termux all the time on Android for SSH and stuff. Say, then you're kind of arguing that Android is desktop Linux. And I thought we were trying to exclude Android and Ubuntu Touch. They aren't real Linux, right? I'm not sure that I would exclude them by default. I think Android is capable of being a desktop Linux distro, essentially. But most of the time it's not used as such because it's got this touch interface on it. Yeah, that's where, when we come back to Chrome OS, you know, that's where it's landed. It feels like, maybe it's because I've been using it on a hybrid device recently, but even not the hybrid devices, it feels like a desktop version of Android, especially because they've integrated the Play Store into almost every Chromebook now. And when you're running Chrome, it doesn't look that different. So yeah, I think, like you mentioned, DeX as well, they do feel like desktops in a certain way. They just run different apps that are designed differently from what we're used to. You know, they might not run Firefox, but they're still desktop Linux. And it seems like the benchmark for a lot of people is just Firefox <laughs> or GIMP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then there's Firefox on Android. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Dalton, are you going to try and argue that Ubuntu Touch is desktop Linux then? By all the arguments that you've given so far, yes. All of these apply. You know, you can plug in Ubuntu Touch to a monitor. It does work. And 
you said that something that isn't fit for purpose is still yeah, <laughs> applies. Yeah, even if it's still a bit rubbish, like it still counts as the thing. Yeah, right. So that totally works. You can do it. You can have your Nexus 5 plugged into your monitor and have the convergence experience of 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really expensive adapter still in my jiffy bag full of dongles and stuff. And uh, I think I paid about 15 quid for it to check out Mario OS and stuff. So I think I'm going to dig out a Nexus 5 and do that. Totally. Mario OS is desktop Linux, right? Yeah. Ubuntu Touch runs Firefox. It's also a little shit, but that's because Libertine has no hardware acceleration and stuff. There are some things that, like if you want to remove a file that's in a weird place or something, you probably want to use the terminal, even though we're considering just taking that out of the default install. It'll still be available in the store. It applies to all of these, and I don't think these are good benchmarks because all of them mean that the operating system is kind of not great. The terminal thing is interesting because this week I returned to a client who I'd installed Mint for a number of months ago, and he hadn't used it that much because he couldn't work out which key to press to get into the BIOS and pick a different disk, which I had written down for him, but he'd forgotten. So we went back into it, and he was asking about installing applications. And the, I don't want to call them packaging wars, that's too strong a term, but the kind of variety of packaging methods around at the moment, plus Mint's policy. And and let's be fair, like one of the ways the Mint is positioned is it's easy to pick up desktop Linux. So immediately he's asking me, what kind of software can I install? And I have to give him the potted history of Snap and Flatpak. And then he's like, okay, so how do I install Snaps on Linux Mint? And I was like, well, okay. Clem's decided that he doesn't want them. And they as a team have decided they don't want them. So they've put a file to stop you from installing it. So, oh, they're instructions. Yeah, we'll go to Snapcraft, we'll bring them up, but you have to have a terminal. Well, I mean, you don't have to, you could launch the file browser with root access, but I don't think it's a good idea for the average user to be digging around in their root file system <laughs> with everything on show. So the terminal command is probably cleaner, but yeah, he, to get that working, the instructions on Snapcraft are bring up a terminal, sudo rm, a file which blocks you from installing snapd. Once you've removed that, you use the terminal again because it's nowhere in the GUI to install snaps. They've picked the Flatpak train, so the software manager has the options for pulling from the repositories or installing from FlatHub, and it has in brackets FlatHub, but there's no mechanism for enabling SnapD. You have to use the terminal to install it using apt and then install your Snap packages. You can then install the Snap store as a Snap to get a GUI, but that's the problem, you see. It, it would be fine if the big train of desktop Linux was a bit more unified, that's a good example for me of a situation where a fairly popular desktop Linux has made some choices that have dropped their users into the terminal because I don't think personally, it's their choice, it's their distribution, but I don't think it's a good choice to obstruct snaps because if you go to the Spotify website, for example, Spotify for Linux, the first suggestion is snap. And then underneath there are repositories that you can add manually. That's with the terminal too, yeah. Yeah, and there's other packages that people will want to install on a desktop operating system. It's not just desktop Linux. And Snap has brought the benefits of installing that to then push users to the terminal. I don't think people like to do that in general. I mean, I can't remember the last time 
still to this day, when I'm fixing computers for people, if I'm on Windows, if I'm on MacOS, if I'm on Linux, if I bring up a terminal, they immediately think I'm some kind of elite hacker and make an ooh sound. <laughs> and it's obviously, there's nothing going on there that's crazy, but we have to be realistic that most people using a computer would never think to bring up a command prompt or a terminal, definitely not on a Mac. When I bring it up for Mac users, they're like, what are you doing? And some of them get nervous. They like think I'm hacking into their computer. And I'm just, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm fixing it, I promise you. But this is the only way to, to fix this particular problem. So if you end up instilling a policy that pushes people to use the terminal, even though you think they shouldn't be doing the thing that they're doing, that's difficult because, yeah, I, I do think that most people would be scared to use what they consider to be a console. That's not how people have got used to using computers, I don't think. And I'm talking about people, not us. I'm talking about people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, listener. You're not a people. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's It's just... I'm quite glad of fixing computers for people because it allows me to take a step back because it's quite easy to get lost in the mire of thinking that the way that us one percenters use computers is the way everyone does slash should use a computer. And it's definitely not the case. The mouse and GUI uh, paradigm is, is what most people want. Slash like touchscreen interfaces, which pick up on that too. Like, you're not going to be dropping. I know. I know. You just said Termux, uh, and you know I'll bring up a root shell on my Android, but people aren't going to bring up a, a terminal on an iPad. <laughs> just, you know, they're not even asking for that. Not with that attitude. <laughs> it's really fun when you do the opposite thing to a Linux user, and they're like, "Well, how do I get software on this thing?" It's like, open the store. Well, don't don't I need to use the terminal? No, just open the store. Search for what you want. Really? Yeah. I think. The terminal has just become the universal UI, hasn't it? Because we have such a plethora of choice and fragmentation within the Linux desktop world that the only way you can for sure know that someone will be able to do an AppDAD repository in a way that's explainable to them, no matter what distro they're on, is in the terminal. And I feel like part of the reason that we really struggle to explain what desktop Linux is, is because we don't actually know the linux desktop marketplace ecosystem whatever you want to call it is so fragmented and there is so much choice that it's almost impossible to say that one thing is or is not desktop linux i fear i think i would be okay with that if we just stopped using the term or curbed what it is then and said this runs on ubuntu instead of this runs on linux that seems better oh but i run fedora that's not Ubuntu. Runs on Fedora, Linux, Mint, Ubuntu. It runs on Gentoo. It runs... Maybe this isn't so great. <laughs> runs on any platform that can use Snaps or any platform where you can install Docker. Yeah, all right. It's because there's so many layers of the onion from the kernel onwards. So I think you hit desktop Linux when you sit down at a computer with some kind of display that's not just the terminal and that's where it starts but then once you get within that if you like you just said Gary you look at those diagrams that often get passed around on reddit of the kind of family tree of linux it's enormous there's like a link on wikipedia it's a huge huge ever branching thing and okay sometimes the variations are small but especially now because of the different packaging formats you can have various different implementations of GNOME, for example, and they don't want it 
changed as much these days. Maybe that's a bad example, but you get that mixed with different package management methods in the GUI and stuff like that. It's so big <laughs> and so hard to, to pin down. They are just all different operating systems, right? Desktop Linux isn't this one thing unless you're solving for calling Ubuntu desktop Linux and everything else is a different operating system. It's kind of its strength and its weakness, isn't it? Depending on how you're looking at it, because I guess I would like to see it a little bit more streamlined. And I sort of agree with the make apps, not distros thing. I don't know necessarily how often we need to make that landscape even wider. But at the same time, part of the attraction of it is that there's that much choice. And that if you are frustrated, there's another cloud <laughs> to jump onto and have a go at that for a while, which is, yeah, it's the gift and the curse, isn't it? Well, do let us know what you consider to be desktop Linux. Show at linuxafterdark.net. But we'd better get out of here then. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Chris. I've been Gary. And I've been Dalton. See you later. <laughs>